Hey, welcome to the 1505 Club. Today I'm joined by Stephen Gage. Stephen is just finishing his 12th quarter as a student at Life, and he's the past president of the Life Gonstead Club. I wanted to talk to Stephen about social media and especially YouTube. Stephen has a unique perspective as he started his own channel right before he started school. His channel has documented his journey through chiropractic school, and it's garnered a lot of attention from students and potential students around the world. So today I thought we would talk about these social media platforms and how to incorporate them into our future practice life. So without any further ado, Stephen Gage. Stephen Gage, welcome to the podcast. Hello, Dr. Fowler. Good to be here. Um, so today we're going to talk a little bit about YouTube and stuff. And so you have, you have a YouTube channel you started before you, yes. before you even went to school, go back to the very, very beginning. What made you decide, what was the moment when you decided in addition to taking on all these classes and all this responsibility, I'm also going to marry myself to a YouTube channel. Um, what made you decide that that was a good idea and something you wanted to do? And how did you formulate the thought of what it was going to be? Sure. So I guess you could say I really decided before I even came into chiropractic school, which was sort of a bold decision on my part. <laughs> but whenever I was researching chiropractic schools and trying to learn more about what the experience is going to be like, understanding the difference between other schools, and much like other, like a lot of us out there, there was very, very little information truly out there about chiropractic school besides information and media that was produced by these chiropractic schools which doesn't really give you a realistic depiction of what's actually going on and what the experience is really like. So I started to see on YouTube, there are other students who are say like in medical school, physical therapy school, who are making these vlogs of their experience going through the program. And it was really, really valuable to see that, especially if you were interested in going down that route, but there really wasn't anything at all regarding chiropractic. So I said, Hey, that would be one heck of a story. I could kind of bridge the gap and start documenting my experience when I go through school and we'll just see what happens. And I'll at least document my journey for others to see and for myself to learn. And that's sort of what I did. So I, about a month from starting the program uh, at Life University, I got a camera and some other little basic equipment and all of that probably about a month before I came to school. And I just quickly, in a couple of weeks, tried to learn how to use a camera to the best of my ability. <laughs> and when I was moving down uh, to school, I just hit record and we started and uploaded my first vlog, they call it, which is like a video, like a, a video blog uh, on the YouTube channel. And so that's that started the process. Did you ever get to a point where you're like, what have I done? <laughs> am I too committed? Is this too much? Or was it like, no, this is good. It's helping me. Oh, 100%. 100%. I still say that sometimes. No. But even whenever I was making the video, there's always that thought like, this is going to be terrible. Who's going to want to watch this kind of a thing? And you still have that experience sometimes. But I just kind of trusted the process that I was going to figure it out. And once I kind of started to make my first few videos, I started to see the responses I was getting. And there are actually a lot of other students who were seeing my videos who seemed like it helped them out quite a bit. So I was like, okay, if I can help someone, that makes me feel really good. And I did say this whenever I started making the videos because I had no idea what kind of viewership I would get 
you know, I was kind of expecting that no one was going to see this and I had to be okay with just doing it for myself. That's really what it was. But I said, you know what, if I can help just 10 people with this, that would be cool. You know, so that's kind of what I started. I didn't really have super high expectations, but I was going to do the best that I could. And then, yeah, once I started making videos and I started to see good feedback from it, it kind of gave me, I guess, a little bit more confidence to, to keep going with it. Yeah, and I can attest to that because I was a guest on your podcast or on your YouTube channel. And mm -hmm. then after that, I started getting emails from people asking for help and helping them out. So it, there definitely is a, um, there's a need and a desire. And I would say, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it's probably as much from people outside the country as it is from people inside the country. Um, there's a lot absolutely. of people wanting Yeah. Yeah, and absolutely. I, I've gotten students that have reached out to me from all parts of the world, which is crazy to think about <laughs> yeah yeah i've had that through the podcast as well but um, again through through your channel so um that was very interesting now one thing i have to give you credit for because this is one of the things i really like and i know from the other side of it um, is your post-production that you do um, so your videos are well put together and i think that that is one of the keys to getting people to watch that sometimes i think it's people think it's so simple that you got a fancy phone just go out take some fancy video throw it on there and it'll be okay and maybe it will, but to really make it better is a post-production thing. And so we were talking about this the other day, how much time I spent on this, but how much time you spent on that. And so kind of give everybody a, like a little bit of a glimpse as to what post-production looks like. Sure. I, I think with, with editing, it can be as simplistic or as difficult as you want to make it to be. Um, I, I would say absolutely that it is a very important aspect of, of video making. I mean, just look at yourself with the type of content that you may watch. You don't want to watch something that has poor production value because even if what they're saying is good, it just doesn't have that strong appeal. You want to watch something that has uh, that looks good while watching it. So for me, uh, I wanted to get into post-production with the idea that I was going to be making videos for the rest of my career because I see the value in it. So I went ahead and invested in more higher quality equipment out of the gate. You absolutely do not need to do that. But I got a Adobe Premiere Pro is the editing software that I use. But I mean, you can make really great videos even just off of your like iMovie, which comes free with all Apple products. So it doesn't need to be uh, super expensive and you definitely don't need expensive camera equipment or anything like that. Um, but I, I do think that there needs to be some kind of a thought process with the videos that you're making, right? And, and it has to be, I believe, good in the sense of the message, I think, has to be important with whatever you're making. But also, I think the visual aspect of it has to be good, right? Like, at the end of the day, you have to be like, would someone who's sitting on their couch when they have a million other videos they could be watching, are they going to want to sit and spend time watching my video? So that's something I always, always want to make sure is like, okay, well, I have to put myself in the mindset of the consumer and be like, well, they got a million things going on. What's going to convince them to take time out of their day to sit and watch or listen to this? Yeah. So I, back when I was in high school was my first exposure to doing um, soundboard mixing. And that's when I learned how to do it. And so I did a lot of it back then. And one of the things I learned very quickly because um, I would do stuff on stage too. So I had the stage experience and then took it to the back and saw the difference in the two. And I realized that you have to have a good performance on stage. But if you have a bad sound mixer, 
they can take that good performance and they can utterly ruin it. Or they can take that performance and raise it to another level. And so there is kind of a discipline of knowing those things. And so another thing that you do really well is your pacing because you keep the video moving along. And when you get these videos that you see sometimes where people get on and after like 30 seconds a minute, they're droning on and you don't even know where they're going or what they're talking about. That's when people turn and it's mm-hmm. over. So you do a good job with your videos of you say what you got to say and then you move it or you have like a secondary thought that you jump in with and then you go back to the first. So yeah. the pacing, that kind of editing takes a lot more work, but it works because the pacing is there. Um, yep. And so I guess what we're trying to hint at is really trying to get people motivated that if you're going to make videos, if you're going to do something like this, be creative um, and try to push the envelope. Don't just hit go film something and be like, well, it's good enough because it may or may not be. So this was one of the questions I was going to ask you is that, do you see how video could definitely help you, but at the same time, if you did it the wrong way, that it could hurt you? 100% it could. I mean, it's at the end of the day, making content, it's, that's just what it is. It's making videos. It's putting out content there. And just like you, to me, I, this is just my person. I don't claim to, to know everything. I understand everything. I'm just giving my personal perspective, but I view much like if you want to get into the content space, you have to think of yourself as your own individual media company, because that's kind of what's happening now in, in these spaces uh, of social media, where now the content creators of different platforms now kind of hold their own rights as their own individual media domain, right? And so with any type of space, whether it be uh, different types of cooking, or it could be some type of entertainment or news outlets, at the beginning, you know, the major news outlets going off that example, you have Fox News, CNN, MSNBC, etc. Nowadays, it's like, well, David Fowler can become the new <laughs> news anchor if he wants to. And you see people who are kind of coming from their own respective careers, but now becoming their own typical news outlets. And so in the field of chiropractic, it's an interesting domain now because now as you're seeing, there are uh, anyone on, on one spectrum, it's like, well, anyone can become the leader of any industry. Um, but at the same time, there's an aspect of, well, are they the true leaders of the industry, so to speak, right? And so you can see now where there are all sorts of chiropractic videos being put out there where it's a question of, you know, maybe from from a colleague standpoint, we might have a different perspective than say what a random person is watching on the internet, right? Um, and so I definitely think there there is that big challenge there um, for sure. Well, it's funny because even still teaching at life, I'll have students come up to me and say, well, what do you think of the ring dinger? What do you think of the Y strap? And I, at first I didn't know how to respond, but then I started thinking about it more. I'm like, no. So I started throwing it back at him. So my question is, well, what do you think of the ring dinger? What do you think of the Y strap? Because tell me why you think it's a good or a bad idea. And then we have something to talk about. Right. So I realized I had to start throwing it back. But I, then I went, well, where are they getting this idea? If it wasn't on YouTube, would they even know it existed? Well, no, because it's not in the curriculum. So they're not being taught that at school. So how would they know it existed? And so that's an example of something that doesn't exist in the educational profile that suddenly shows up in the profession. And the only reason anybody knows about it is because it's on YouTube. So you can see the power of this thing. It's basically like any other tool. It has tremendous powerful benefit and you can build something with it or it can be a huge detriment and you can tear stuff down with it. It's just however you choose to use it. 
Exactly. And I'm sure that there are Gansa doctors listening to this who are probably having to answer questions probably a lot more than you would like to about the ring dinger. And it probably drives you crazy every single time you hear it. Right. And I know there's probably other uh, doctors out there who have gotten referred patients because of a Gansa video they've seen on the Internet. So there's a great power to this good or bad, but there's a great power to it. And so I think I would rather to me you can choose i think there are really two options here is that well you can choose to be the byproduct of what's happening out on the internet and kind of handle it as that goes or you can choose to want to at least try to be on some form of a leading edge on that and i i do believe that there are so many talented i mean i've met so many talented gonsed practitioners from all over the world who have such a wealth of knowledge that isn't really getting exposed unless you're going through the seminars, for example, that I think needs to be put out there in the world for the masses to see. But the question is, well, what are the repercussions, like you said, and how can we actually get this information in a, in a way that's actually appealing to the market versus just, you know, seeing what you typically see on the internet, which is just, you know, let's put it, putting it for what it's out there, right? All about cracks, ring dingers, et cetera. So. Yeah, I just saw something today that was on the fact that the amount of information being created and released in a year, thanks to social media platforms, all the different ones, um, tweets, text messages, emails, all that stuff, all that information that's being shared in one year is equal to all the information shared in the history of the world prior to that. And we do that every year and sometimes more so. So you realize that the dam has been released, the flow is happening. Now we're just trying to figure out how do we contain it. So to think that you can somehow stick the dam back in and, can, and stop the flow of information, that's not going to happen. Yeah. You have to try to control that flow of information. I think that's why, that's why I wanted to do this podcast because I see this and I'm like, this is something that, as we said, we wouldn't talk about this at a seminar. This isn't a topic that's going to come up in, a, in any kind of big way. And yet it's something we all have to be aware of and we all have to think about because now we all, even in our own little way, have to try to help to curb this information flow, and that kind of puts a more of a responsibility on each one of us as individuals to know what's good, know what's bad, know why, be able to explain it. Because um, you absolutely get questions from patients who come in and saw something on the internet and want to know. And so then the person who did it on the internet has instant authority just because they were on the internet. Yes. And you're like, okay, I realize you're in my little office, <laughs> but let me explain to you why that's not necessarily true. And so you really, I think to some degree, forces us to have more command over our knowledge base and what we know and why we know it, because it's not a good enough reason to just say yes or no. People want explanations. They want a better explanation. And so I always say it as just telling the story. So they want a better story. And so the best story is the one that is accurate and seems to explain all the different caveats. So it's creating a better story that, that includes all that. And so in some way, do you feel like your YouTube channel, to some degree, you're basically storytelling? It's truth, but it's storytelling? Absolutely, it's storytelling. I mean, especially in the realm, and where I was coming at it with, it's, it's especially storytelling for sure. And I could even say, as from a doctor's perspective, making value out there for patients, I believe it would be storytelling as well. I mean, in many ways, everything is a storytelling, right? I mean, we that, that's one of the most impactful ways to really influence someone in making decisions through stories. But with my experiences a little bit different, I was more making, and still am today, making value more on documenting the journey versus trying to create content. So for me, from a perspective mm -hmm. of a student, I'm never coming from a place that I understand everything and I'm 
at, at a place of authority because that's just not the reality. I'm obviously not at a place of authority. <laughs> so I'm making content that's just being authentic and documenting my experience of embarking on that journey. I hope to one day want to be an incredible said chiropractor like I see so many of my mentors uh, who've achieved that level, but I know it takes a lot of time and it's going to take a lot of adjustments and a lot of patience and a lot of successes and a lot more failures. So I'm more coming at the approach of just documenting that experience, which I think is very, very valuable um, because it also kind of gets people in on the journey. So for people who follow my content, there are a lot of people who are following it because they're interested in like I was and learning more about chiropractic school. But now that they're watching me, they kind of see my personality. And now they're kind of like, they're here on watching the journey of all this transfold. And so that's where I'm coming at it. But I do think from a doctor perspective as well, that it absolutely is storytelling. And I always say like the market is the market in that sense, like, like we said. So in many ways, in my experience here, I think, I think a big aspect of like the chiropractic market, it's very entertainment right now. Because people are just, a lot of the viewership, I should say, is purely entertainment because people just love watching people get their spines cracked and the noise that it makes. <laughs> but uh, I believe the real dent is in actually the results that are achieved through chiropractic and, and, and the unbelievable power of chiropractic that I believe is still largely uh, hasn't been brought out there to the world. But I think hopefully as uh, everything matures and as hopefully this chiropractic content evolves over time that it will start to get to that space and then i believe you'll see more true authorities in the profession start to take hold i think once it uh, moves toward that level and um, more people kind of get into that space yeah i think something you stumbled on whether you did it intentionally or by accident <laughs> only you know um but one of the things Probably you stumbled by accident on. i just talked <laughs> <laughs> whatever it was it had to be an accident um, <laughs> was the fact that what people people want to feel like they're coming with you. They want you to be identifiable. And so if you would set yourself up as the authority, there's a gap between the authority and the non-authority, and that there's a gap they can never bridge. But by setting yourself up as, I'm just a schmo going to school, trying to learn a thing, want to come with me, it almost becomes, I shouldn't use this forever. It's like Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, because that's what he does with the kids. Is he'd yeah. be like, I'm going to go learn about the world. Why don't you come with me? And you see that with other shows too. Blue's Clues for another generation was come with me. Sesame Street, come with me. And I, that's the whole journey is come with me. And when you can do that so your audience can actually identify with you, yeah, they might know you're a doctor. In your case, you're not, which makes it even easier to get them to identify with you because then as you become a doctor, that's okay because they still see you as that guy who wasn't when they started the journey. Uh, so it still works as you, as you go through it. But getting that identification level where people really – bond on you and they want to go with you with your journey that's really what engages people into what's happening and then the learning just kind of happens secondhand rather than being like come with me i'm going to teach you something it's just come with me we're going to take a journey oh and in the process you learn something um, and i yeah. do think that with teaching that is the best way to teach people is let's just take a journey and maybe you'll learn something in the process exactly that's a good point i mean the greatest teachers and i would like to say that you definitely are very good at this dr fowler is let's explore this together. Like the ringing your example you gave rather than just let me tell you why it's, you know, bad. And let me tell you why the Gonsa Justin so much better. It's like, well, let's explore why there may be a better alternative or let's explore why what I say may have the potential of being true or accurate. Um, so yeah, that, that is a very good point. That is a very good point. And then I think combining that into a story that can actually appease the audience, you know, so it's not just 
for an example of this, right? And it, we've probably all seen videos of this. It's not, hey guys, welcome. I'm documenting my journey. Today I'm making this for breakfast and I'm sitting in my car listening to this song and here's just what's on my mind. Here's what I wrote in my diary today. It's not this just random acts of my day, like, because I just so badly want you to know what I'm doing with my life, but <laughs> but rather it's actually, no, I want to get you into the experience that's actually going on. And it's always, for me, it's always in the perspective, like whenever I'm making a video, in a way, I'm always getting at, out of it like, okay, what is the audience who my, really the people who watch my audience right now are primarily chiropractic students or people interested in chiropractic. How can I get them to see this experience, get a better idea of what, the chiropractic journey is like, or what I believe the chiropractic journey should be, which is kind of my whole other whole other topic we could get into. But my belief that we should all strive to be the best chiropractors we can to be possible, that we should actually be, you know, putting in a lot more work, not just passing boards and getting a high GPA, but actually going to seminars and becoming a real chiropractor. So. <laughs> yeah, you did. You did one video. And maybe this is just me because I know the campus. But you did one video and you got out of your car and you walked across the street and then you walked over and you went to the cafeteria. And as you were walking, I was like, I know exactly where he is. Now he's over there. Now he's over there. And then I was like, yeah. he must be going to the cafeteria. I can tell where he's going. And then as you're walking, I was looking at the background, almost ignoring you. And I was like, that's really a beautiful campus. Wait, I know it's a beautiful campus. But it was like I just kind of got sucked into the whole thing. And I realized these are the thoughts other people must be having while they're seeing this, if I'm having it. And I even know the campus. But... It was just was it was just cool to see to see that background. And so it's like it's hard to explain, but you it's not just that here's what's gonna happen, but then the environment as well. And then you recently did um, some videos on getting your um, your results from boards. Oh right, from boards. So yeah. I think that those are good because I noticed you had a lot of responses from those because people they're now hooked on the journey. So it's like, well, we want to know, how did you do? And I think if you had failed, that might have been better TV. It's intimidating. I keep thinking, I'm like, if I fail, this is really going to suck. Everybody's going to watch Stephen cry. Everyone's going to know and see my actual response from it. I'm three for three so far. So, Yeah, you did keep it authentic, though, because you you were looking at them yeah. when everybody else was looking at them. And it was going to be what it was going to be. And you were prepared either way. So, I mean, that's the kind of authenticity that actually makes people engage in it. Because yes, either exactly. way, your emotion would be genuine. So it's good that it was like, oh, you made it. It's good. Yes. Yeah. And you said the word authenticity. That's, And I guess that is kind of unintentionally, I guess, how... I guess it's just a belief system I have that if you're going to put yourself out there, I think you need to be true to yourself. Because plus, I've seen this time and time again where people who put videos out there, they get burnt out or they have to quit or like bad things happen to them. And I think it's because they put a frame of who they try to be, but really they're someone else. And at some point, it's going to catch up to you. And you see it time and time again. So the people who try to be fake or try to create a persona, it never, ever works out. So I think that is a great advice just to be yourself, to be authentic. And I guess... If I want to go down this train, I think that's kind of what we need to do, I think, in making chiropractic content or documenting specifically, I guess, what we're doing with the onset care, but um, is be authentic about, I, I think there needs to be a greater authenticity about the work we actually do and the results that we're getting, because I've seen it in every office that I've shadowed that there's just insane transformational results occurring on a daily basis. And I don't know if that's going on in other chiropractic offices. I'm sure to a degree 
but I just think the work that we do needs to actually be put out there um, for mainstream. But um, I do know criticisms of that, which I'm sure we'll probably get into all of that. I don't want to jump the gun too much, but I, I do know that is oftentimes you hear like things with HIPAA compliance and is it morally or ethically right to be putting out patient videos? And that is a question we could debate, but in my experience, I'm like, well, we don't have to continue doing spinning on the same wheel for time and time again. I mean, there are so many ways to get the message out. It doesn't even have to be through video. Like if you don't want to make video content, you don't have to. You can do pictures, you can do written form, you can do audio like this podcast. There are so many ways to get content out there to the world that I think can fit an individual's personality, but also your natural skills. If you're a great writer, you start writing about this stuff. I mean, we're dying for different case studies and reports and articles. Like there's there's such a huge void, I think, for all types of content that uh, if the people who I think can become good in this stuff or who can learn to become good in this stuff and package it in a way that uh, will be very, very valuable for uh, the world, then I think that absolutely needs to be done. And on the master of the scale, the better, because <laughs> the more reach we'll get. You know, one of, kind of on that note, one of the uh, <laughs> questions, there was a question I forgot to ask Dr. Ian, but then yeah. I remember to ask him after the fact. So yeah. I asked him, but my question for him was, did, because you were producing these videos with these phenomenal results of things that just seemed otherworldly at times, did you have people who accused it, who said that you were faking it? Yeah. And he started to laugh and he said, oh yes. <laughs> he said, oh yeah, they were funny. He said, I was accused of hiring actors. I was accused of um, all kinds of things. And so that's one of the hard things about Gonstead Chiropractic is that we do get results that other people don't get. And so especially if you choose to cherry pick and just put your best cases forward and hide the ones where maybe you didn't do so well, it's going to even accentuate that, that visual. Um, you're going to get some pushback that it's fake. And so I kind of talked to him a little bit about, well, how do we show the reality of what we do and at the same time not make it so over the top that people think, well, this must be fake because that's outside. That's so far outside of my experience. And so with your podcast, have you had anybody accuse you of doing anything fake or that or inauthentic at any time? Hmm. Sure. Yes. In a different light, because obviously I'm not, you know, posing videos of me adjusting or anything like that, but uh, for yeah, sure, right. a big one, a big one that I get attacked with is like my personality. Like people think, no way this guy is this energetic and motivational all the time. And I'm like, no, that's pretty much me. <laughs> you probably know, Dr. Bell, if you've seen me, you know, we've probably known each other long enough. Like, yeah, I, this is just who I am. I, <laughs> but uh, for sure. Yeah. And there definitely are. And I mean, it's even funny you get, I've gotten my occasional, you know, person who like rejects chiropractic and things, but I just think that's all misinformation and misguided and uh to put to the point though too I, I i if more and more content is coming to the surface or more if if people can get a more authentic view of what chiropractic is the actual results we get the cases we help with even in our gonsed realm what we're able to do and the actual reality of the process that it takes people will become so much more knowledgeable and then you can't refute there, there becomes less and less for you to refute, right? So I think in chiropractic, it's kind of like it, it, it'll expose everything. And that's kind of what social media is already slowly doing. It's exposing everything. And that's what it'll continue to do. And so if we come a frame and I'll rest assured as everyone here will agree that chiropractic 
is phenomenal that what we are doing as Gonsai Chiropractors is uh, the greatest. <laughs> I mean, it is incredible. And especially when you look, compare it to other forms of healthcare, we all know that, wow, like I'm sure there are stories from doctors all over the world listening to this who have seen the ramifications from other healthcare providers. And we've seen these crazy results stories. Like we have so many thousands and thousands of these stories and examples and things that happen that if this stuff got exposed and got out there, people will begin to see the truth. And that's, that's why I'm so optimistic about this is yeah, there's a lot of this and that little repercussions that may come here and there, but that's just a part of it. Um, but if you look at the greater scope of what it's going to do, it's going to reveal the truth and it's going to get out there in ways that it otherwise couldn't. And you're, and you're seeing that in the world today where there's truth getting out through the power of the internet. And it's exposing a lot of people who have been doing dark things for a very, very long time. Yeah, I agree with that hundred percent. I probably watch way too much YouTube, but I've learned a ton of stuff about different specialties I didn't know about because they probably were even specialties we didn't have in school, but because the doctors who specialize in those things make some videos and they speak a language I can understand, I can watch them. And I go, wow, this is really growing my full body. So I love being on YouTube. I guess I'm too much of a nerd. I like, I don't want to watch TV at night. So I'll just watch YouTube for hours. So I watch way too much. Uh, but that's why is because I can get, I can actually get access to specialists and people who know their field, pull their information and then see how that plugs into the overall scheme of things. So with the, with, with the rest of our time, let's see if we can dive a little bit deeper and see if we can help people with this. So let's start with what I think is one of the most fundamental questions that everybody wonders, but doesn't get, doesn't ever ask is, do you think for new people, like in your position coming out, if they're thinking about starting their own practice, do you think that having social media or having a YouTube channel, do you think that that's an absolute necessity if they want to be successful or is that just one option? Hmm. Well, it's a good question. Um, I would say successful in what way, right? I, I think, can you still to today, if, if it's in the context of can you build a, a practice without, you know, posting all this content on, on, on the internet? I mean, no, you can still be very successful and there are still practices who may have very little, uh, social media engagement that are still doing very, very well. So I wouldn't go there, but we can clearly see that things are changing and there's a shift towards that. Um, so I, I think it can be done. It can be significantly more effective by making content on the internet. And I don't think, and, and here's what people, another thing too, it's like people think, well, by just creating content and putting it out there, it's going to get viewed by millions of people and I'm going to be a celebrity. I don't want to be that. And I don't want everyone from all over the world watching my stuff. It's like, well, hey, it takes it's a lot of as someone who's making content, it's a very, very hard to reach that level. <laughs> and it's not like I mean, unless you're just that talented, then it's it's not like you're going to make a video. Millions of people are going to see it. That's just not the reality of the situation. But you no. can make it's videos like lifting weights a few times accidentally becoming a bodybuilder. Right. Exactly. Exactly. You're not going to accidentally stumble on success really in anything without a lot of work and, and focus and tension behind it. Right. But in a world where we all know that nowadays, like you just said it, where we're spending all of our time on the internet and on our phones, particularly, and now we're even driving away from things like television and radios, obviously out the window. So things are evolving and clearly there's a clear shift to things being moving on the internet. And so 
that means your patients, the people in your individual community, they're starting to get their information through the phones and through the internet. And so if you can position yourself in your practice to just like you would give a screening or a health talk, but if you can position yourself as the authority in your community by putting yourself out there, uh, you can make a great reputation for yourself and provide significantly more value to a lot more people than you otherwise could just doing so in person all of the time. And it's not to say that there's not a value of still doing things in more traditional ways, but it's still using those same strategies, if you want to call it that, but just reaching people through the internet. And so even on a local scale, you can still reach people on the internet through social media sites. And again, it's all through forms of media that you're really great at. For me, I think most chiropractors were good at communicating. At least I hope so, because that's what we're actually doing, right? (laughs) Is we're talking to patients, we're talking to groups of people about chiropractic and what we do. So I do think it may be people, we gravitate maybe towards an audio or video format for that. But like I said, there's always pictures, written word, or a combination of, of multiple types of outlets that if you can package that in a way to reach people that you're trying to reach in, in a profound and new way, um, it can just spread your message and what you do and make yourself the authority in your area, I think, better than anything else that's been out there. Yeah, I was thinking about the fact that with the rate at which we're producing content every single day, um, every, the, the power of every individual video is constantly being diluted because of how much content's being put out there. So if I were to take an eyedropper and I put a drop of raw sewage in your Dasani water bottle, you'd be like, well, I'm not drinking that. That's over. <laughs> but if I did the same thing and I dropped it in the ocean, it's almost imperceivable. So the internet's quickly becoming like the ocean where it's just so big that whether something is beneficial or toxic, you hardly even notice either direction. And so then you say, well, how do I, how do I deal with that? Well, you don't have to take on the whole ocean. You can carve out your little piece of shoreline, start with a little square and say, this is my area and I'm going to make it as clean as I can. And you can start doing something like that. So that's basically what we're saying is that as YouTube and the internet and the whole monster just keeps growing and growing and growing. It's a pretty big thing to think that you're going to come out and take on the whole big thing because none of us have production studios and we don't have a team of production people and we don't have any of that. But just on your own by yourself, you could carve out a little piece and say, this is for my people. And you could have a channel that was designed for your patients with things that are very unique to them because of what their jobs are. Like you could really personalize it for your community. And if people are outside your community and they don't care, well, then who cares? They're not in your community anyway. And if they're outside of your community and they do care, well, that's just the cherry on top. So I think that's probably the best way to think about this was trying to do it. I mean, even with this podcast, I'm not trying to reach every human in the United States. I know who it's for. It's a very limited population. I never expected there to be like, it was never going to hit a million listens because there aren't a million chiropractors who care. So that's not going to happen. It was more like, let's just find this little area, carve it out. And at one, on one hand, I get to practice and perfect and get better at doing some of these things. And at the other hand, people who really need the information are going to get it and learn from it and everybody benefits. It just, it doesn't have to change the world. It just has to change this little part of the exactly. world. Exactly. And it may help too, to just to understand it's, it's, it's true purpose, which I think is, well, you and I, Dr. Fowler, can be having this conversation, which we do have conversations like this all the time, <laughs> but, or, but now we are still having this conversation, but now because you're able to record this, now this can get viewed by however, you know, thousands of people. 
right? And so I think that the same way about creating different types of content uh, through chiropractic, it's like, well, I can be giving a health talk or doing, you know, talking to certain patients or making, you know, giving an education to a group of people, or I can create that into a piece of content that now I can distribute it properly. And now that can be seen by thousands of people inside of my community. And that's the beauty of how things are now changing uh, through social media or like apps like Facebook, for instance, is you can literally send, create content that is engineered to be viewed by people in your specific area. And, and I think there, there's so many ways to, to get at little niche markets or get at a specific demographics of people like there hasn't before. And I know it's only going to get better and, and continue to change over time. And so uh, I just think, I think changing it in that perspective that it can just get greater reach for a greater amount of people to achieve your ultimate goal of, you know, being able to help your community and provide great chiropractic care to them. If somebody told you, you have to create another YouTube channel, you have to. And you were like, okay, so I want it to be good. What would be the most important thing to you? Would it be the quality of the production? Would it be the creativity um, to do something a little bit different? Would it be the um, expertise that you can demonstrate? What would you say would be the most important thing that you would go for knowing that you could probably cover the others, but you need this one thing to make it work? Yeah, I mean, all of those are important. I think the one is definitely the delivery of the message. I think what you're saying trumps the quality of the content, particularly if what you're saying is so good that people are so interested in it. I think that's number one, the number one thing. And then the second main thing is having good audio quality, because if you don't have the best audio quality, it's just hard to listen to and you're not going to grasp. And then the third would be uh, lighting and then video quality being the fourth thing. So I guess I gave four things, but the number one thing is definitely the message that you're delivering for sure, because that's what's going to grasp people's attention. And then and it's also like a competitive market. Like if I'm making, you know, a video on, I don't know, finance, which I never would. <laughs> I don't know much about finance, but just using it as an example, right? Well, there's a million other people also talking about finance. So even let's say if I'm, you know, if I'm really great at finance and I know a lot, well, there's a lot of people who may also be good at finance, but if they're better at communicating it than I am, well, they're going to win. And so likewise, if I am the best and the most talented person in the space of finance and I can deliver a great message, but maybe my quality, you know, I have very poor quality of content. Well, maybe people are going to then gravitate to the person who maybe, you know, has better quality of content, even though he might not be quote unquote, the technical expert, but he wins because he got, you know, he created the best product. So, Yeah. Yeah, you know, I can give you an example of that. So in the world of uh, economics, there's lots of professional economists who have different podcasts and different YouTube channels, and they talk with each other, and they're on each other's shows all the time. And then there's a guy who is who works in a lumberyard and is not formally trained. So what he did is he just embraced it. So what does he call himself? His name is the uneducated economist. <laughs> so he embraced it. He just kind of said, I'm just going to own it for what it is. But what I'm going to tell you is what I see in the marketplace because all these other economists are sitting behind a desk looking at their computers. I'm out in the real world. And that became his edge. So it's true that you can take anything you perceive as a weakness and you can flip it around and turn it into a strength. So you just have to figure out what is that for you and how do you, what is your, what can be your niche? Yep, exactly. Exactly. And the thing is in chiropractic is it's very, very broad still, I believe. 
<laughs> and it's just, I mean, I just think, qual- I mean, what we do in, in our realm with the people watching this is so valuable and so great that I think there are endless options for things we can do. Yeah, even with this podcast, you notice that's kind of what I do is I try to find people and break it down into niches and go, what can they talk about really well in real great detail so that we can go deeper into things, but then we can bring the whole thing together and make and just make the whole thing better by going into these different areas. So sometimes with people, I just ask them, what do you want to talk about? Like, what do you think is what do you think is your niche? What do you feel really comfortable talking about? Well, let's go there. And, and at the same time, let's be creative. Let's come up with a niche that we didn't even know existed. And let's see if we can find it. So. Even like with this, when I started in practice, there was no YouTube. <laughs> I still remember, I still remember when one of my employees made me a MySpace because I didn't know, I didn't know or care what any of this stuff was. So they're like, we made you a MySpace. And so then the other day I went to check it out and you know, on MySpace, you could have a theme song. So they made my theme song Barbie girl because they thought it was glorious. Um, and I was like, okay, this is why I need to know how to do this stuff. So I know how to make that go away. And so then I kind of got into MySpace and it was like, hey, you need to switch to Facebook. And I was like, switch? There's no switching. I'm old. I don't switch. So then I had to switch to Facebook. And then all these other things started coming. It was like, I can't keep up with this, nor do I have the time. So I guess on the flip side, we've got kind of the older guys and ladies who are like, I don't want to do all of this. And a lot of them have found that because they've already built a practice, they don't really have to. So let's talk about what benefit there might be to some of those older people if they would get into this and they would work on putting these things out there, what do you think the benefit is for those people? If we take some of us who are a little less, a little less eager to jump on this, on this train, but what benefit are we missing if they don't? Well, for one, I mean, the, the doctors who are a little bit older, who have more experience. I mean, they have so much knowledge and wisdom that is so valuable, (laughs) so valuable and there's just there's such a great value on the information and the wisdom that they hold even from a student perspective i would pay anything to hear what i mean gosh at some of these seminars where you know you talk to some of these you know uh docs who've been in practice for a while it's like the second that i hear them there there are certain doctors some of them you know like the second you hear their mouth open you whatever conversation you're having you shut up and you're just all ears on what they're trying to say because you want it that's how valuable the words are because you just want to grasp as much as you can because it has so much value so from even from a doctor to student perspective through like a mentorship thing that is so so valuable for just putting your best stuff out there and let's let us students just soak it up so we can get better uh that that'd be really interesting. But even from a from your own practice standpoint, it's the same thing. Like the knowledge and experience that you hold is so valuable for your community, and you can create a much higher and better reach for it. And uh, I understand that there is a certain like learning curve for it. Or if you don't fully understand social media, there's kind of like eh, I mean, whatever, be good. But it's just hard to get over that learning curve. It's like, well, it's really. Nowadays, you can watch a video on just about anything that will step-by-step guide. But even in the most simplest setup, even in the most simplest of videos, it's like the quality of what you can put out is going to be so valuable for community that I think you could 10x your impact and who you're able to reach and how you're able to reach them um, from just putting out videos in your community. And then I would recommend either you could, there's two-way options. If you're like, I want to make content, but I don't have the time for it, which I understand, or you don't have a skill set for it or you just don't have the want to learn the skill set for it. I'm like, cool. Well, 
then you can hire someone who knows how to make that content and have them kind of, maybe you can record it off your phone or off your computer, whatever, and send them and they can put together a nice video that makes it really good and viewable with, that's good quality. Um, but even the simplest thing nowadays, even on most of us have iPhones or smartphones, obviously, you can make great video that has really pretty decent audio and pretty decent camera nowadays that you can just record right off your phone and upload stuff. Um, and to me, I just think the amount of people that are going to see that, I mean, I think it's just you can impact that many more lives um, doing it that way. Yeah, and kind of like you said earlier, I think one of the values that the older people have, and I mean people much older than me, um, that they have is um, you said the internet kind of exposes what's weak. Well, if we had yeah. video of people who are really good doing what they do. Oh, my God. That, that really helps. Everything out of. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> 100% it would. I mean, because that's that's a great other thing, too, is. Yeah, if you see what some of these docs are able to do and how they adjust, how they take care of their patients versus what you're seeing out there on the internet now, it's just like, oh my goodness gracious. Um, yeah, I, I think about that. If you could create quality content with someone with, and just record someone who uh, is, is at that level, I mean, it would be it would be quite a thing to watch for sure. Yeah, you know, so I last week I was doing some test runs on videoing some stuff. Mm -hmm. um, basically, because I, I kind of storyboarded it, had an idea what I wanted, videoed it, and then came back and was like, okay, what do I like? What do I not like? So I always do this process. So I'm cutting through it. And um, I wanted to get good camera angles. I wanted to try to find the best angle to be able to see what's going on. I want to do these kind of things. And I don't think that everybody necessarily needs to do that because I think there's a couple ways you can go. You can make it about the patient and kind of like what you do with your podcast, it doesn't have to be the doctor's story. It could be the patient's story. I think that's kind of what Dr. Ian kind of got people onto, but having talked to him, that wasn't what he intended. What he was trying to do was video patient interactions so he could teach people who were asking to shadow him how to do what he did. So it really was designed more as a teaching tool more than anything else. It's just that when his staff saw nothing good on YouTube, they wanted to post it there and that's how it ended up there. But it was really designed to be a teaching tool. Um, but what ended up happening was, I know for me, the first time I saw one of his videos is when the more dramatic it is, the more you get engaged with the, with the patient and you take that patient's journey with them and you get, and each episode is a patient's journey all in itself. And that's, that's a great way to do it, but it doesn't have to be that. Um, but I, I think getting people engaged with either the patient or it doesn't always have to be the same part of the story. It can be different things. And, um, and that's that's kind of the hard part is getting people in, engaged in that kind of stuff. And so then with sometimes your details as to how you film and how you do other things matter. I was trying to film something for the purpose, again, as a teaching tool. And I realized that it was necessary for them to be able to see some details in my hands and other things. And I was fighting with the camera to try to get the view that I wanted of that. And so I realized that once I get that done, it's going to be pretty valuable. But the challenge is not in me. It's not the challenge I've usually had. It's not a challenge of me or anything like that. It's just getting the angle and the views just right. And I'm not a movie producer. <laughs> I don't have that skill. So it's basically just trial and error and me guessing at what might work. And so some things, I guess my point is some things are going to be very labor intensive if you're trying to do it that way. Other things don't have to be labor intensive. So it doesn't have to be a huge labor on you to put some of the stuff together. And I think if we had, um, you know, we write case reports for research, but what if we had video case reports? Why can't 
Why can't that be the new thing? Yep. And at scale, <laughs> I mean, that would be a yeah. beautiful reality where we didn't just have this one doc who's representing all of us putting out videos. We have several and some of the top doctors in the game who are getting the best results. I mean, that would be impactful. I always think, okay, and here, here's another point too I was thinking, Dr. Fowler, is there's a concept in film called show, not tell. So it's so much more powerful to be able to show someone the story you're trying to tell versus just trying to explain it. And you see this now with a lot of, I've seen a lot of offices, they make these testimonial videos and they're great and it's cool, but they can be done so much better, I think, by actually showing them the process of that patient getting the results versus the patient or the doctor kind of awkwardly sitting there and just kind of telling them a story. It's so much more believable and so much more, I think, engaging to actually show results. And that doesn't have to mean that it has to be a adjusting video that you see because maybe you don't want to show adjusting. That's fine. But if you can actually maybe take them through a process that's actually showing some form of a story that can make it much more engaging than just, you know, hearing them talk about results. Yeah, that kind of brings me to another little dilemma that I've had, like looking back and forth, is that mm -hmm. you don't want to just show a bunch of adjustments because people get the wrong idea about chiropractic. But on right, the flip exactly. side, if you show a long process of diagnosis, explaining the x-ray, it's so boring. boring. I don't mean it crudely, but it's so boring that even as somebody who loves chiropractic, I'm going to turn it off in the first minute because it's boring. Yes. So how do you find the balance between I need it to be somewhat exciting, but I need it to not be boring, but I need it to be complete. And that's something that I've been working on a lot, trying to figure out how do you do this, even for students, because when I'm trying to teach, I know this with doing lectures and stuff. If I present a, a case presentation, but I make the first part boring, they're not going to still be mentally checked in for the end part. They're on their iPads. And instead of watching my PowerPoints, I know they're playing a game or they're hunting on Facebook or something else because yeah, you can see based off the eyes what the eyes are doing yeah it's like they, I lost them and so there is definitely I think that's one of the benefits of being in a room with other students which doesn't happen as, as often post-COVID as it used to but um, being in a room with students is I do watch them and I and I can tell from with an audience am I losing them or not losing them the problem with something like YouTube is you make a video and you put it up there you don't know if you're losing them or not and if you're losing them midway there's nothing you can do to fix it and if All you're right. if you're losing them the whole way you don't even know enough to stop making videos that are just like the one that lost them. And oh, so yeah. now what do you do? Yeah. And that's one of the fun parts of making videos is I'm constantly learning and studying my own and trying to make them better. And I'm sure watching this three years from now, my video is going to look hopefully a little bit better than they do now as I've been doing this for three years, you know? And so I, I think my videos aren't great by any measure of ability. I think there's still a lot of room for improvement, but I think that's kind of part of the game. It's like, well, how do you tell the story that's in a compelling and engaging way? I think that's just kind of part of the game you enter into. It's like you realize there's the chiropractic side, but now it's kind of like you have this new endeavor, call it a hobby, if you will, that's kind of a media side. And you're kind of, you're, like I went back to earlier, you're, you're in a media company, but you are the owner. You are the, 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 the host as well as like the producer, the director, the editor. Of course, now you can, then we can talk, have a discussion about delegating those responsibilities if you're in a position to be able to, you know, afford to pay someone else to do part of those things, which would uh, be very nice. But um, that's just where, that's just where it gets fun. You're certainly the director and the, the host. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about what do you plan to do in the future? Because what's interesting about that whole process is you basically took on this new thing of learning to make videos at the same time that you took on this new thing of learning to be a chiropractor. 
And so it basically puts you in just like, I'm just learning everything. So it's okay to not be very good at things because I'm learning all of them. So you fail in an adjustment, you fail at a video, eh, whatever. Um, and I, I, same thing with me. I have like with the podcast, they have, they don't all have the exact same viewership or listenership. So I look at them, not because I'm like, oh, I must've done, I, I look at them because I want to know what engages people and what doesn't, because I need to learn about my audience. So I want to know what things were they interested in listening to? What things were they not as interested in listening to? And I know that they may not even know what those things are, uh, but I can look at the overall scheme of things and kind of figure out what do people want to hear, what do they not want to hear? And that's part of the refining process as well. So now that you've had three years of doing that, how, how are you going to refine that in the future for what you're going to, what you're going to do? Yeah, it's interesting because whenever I started making videos at the beginning of school, I was like, man, once I, by the time I'm graduating, I'm going to have everything figured out. I'm going to know exactly what I'm doing and everything's just going to be great. <laughs> and then lo and behold, you arrive here and you still don't really know what you're doing. I feel like that's just kind of life. I don't think there's ever a point where you have everything figured out. That's at least kind of what I'm told. And I know that's part of the journey, right? As we're always learning and evolving yeah. things. So I wish I could... The truth is, I just I don't know how things are going to evolve over time or, or how I'm going to be making videos. But I, I do know my principles will stay roughly the same, which will be always I'm a firm believer in always documenting the journey. Like for me, documenting hasn't always been just about school. And now that that's over, it's just kind of that's it. Ta-da! I graduated the end. It's just going to constantly evolve. So I don't know exactly what's going to unfold in the future for my career and things, but I do know that I plan on being a chiropractor for the rest of my life. So I'm like, hey, I'm just going to document my entire journey. And uh, that's going to how that's going to be how I'm going to do this is I'm going to stick with the whole documenting process through being a chiropractor as well as owning my own practice and handling all the bumps in the roads and successes and failures and changes and, and who knows what the future will, will hold for me in my career. But um, my premise has always been there that things are the internet's not going away. You know, certainly technology's not going anywhere. Uh, there may be certain social media sites that may change. Like there might not be a YouTube in five, 10 years, or there might be something better than YouTube and Instagram and Facebook. And oh my gosh, whatever the heck TikTok still is. Right. So, but the point is that there, things are right. Things are still learning that one, but there's things that are always going to constantly evolve. You can see how human behavior is changing and adapting with technology and it's clearly that we're able to, we're more interconnected than ever before. And I just think if there's a way to apply what we do in our lives and in our career to be able to reach and help more people, then that'd be a really, really incredible thing. That's always been my thing is there are even moments, it's funny, like even moments in school, like I had a great conversation with someone or something really awesome happened or whatever. And I'm like, man, I wish I got that on video because that I could have shared that with so many other people, you know? So, and I look around in practices that I've shadowed and I am mind blown by some of the, the cases that come in, some of the results that are there. And like us chiropractors, we're just like, oh yeah, yeah, there's another one. Yeah, there's that one. Yep. It's like, oh yeah, there, you know, lives completely changed. Yeah, yeah. Cause we, we see it so time and we can sometime, we don't take for granted like the power that that has and how that could transform someone else's life. So just think, you know, if you got a terrific result with someone who had, uh, whatever type of injury, whatever was wrong with him, if you were able to, to to share that story with with others, like someone else could see that you may be in a similar position and they might take action when they otherwise wouldn't have because they wouldn't have heard, uh, they wouldn't have heard about it or known about it or wouldn't have take action on it. So 
I just think the power of putting this content out there is is so powerful for us chiropractors and I'm excited to see how it evolves. Yeah. And as you're going through documenting it, like by the time you're starting in practice, there are going to be people who are starting chiropractic school because they watched your videos and were motivated into it. Yeah. So then you'll be making the documentation of the first couple of years in practice and it kind of gives them a target to aim for as they're going through school. And then, cause I know after doing this for t- over 20 years that there are phases that occur both in your ability level and your knowledge level. And so in those phases, as each, as they enter a phase, you'll be leaving that phase going to the next one. And so it's like, you can always show them the step ahead and who knows if in 20 years people are watching your videos of you 20 years ago on how exactly. to get into school, although school may be exactly. totally different and who knows, <laughs> it may be useless to them. I don't know. Um, but you know, things change, but, um, but yeah, it's like you give them that and, and it's true. Yeah. People, people don't really want the journey to end anyway. You see that with TV shows and stuff. When TV shows end, people feel connected and they're like, I don't want it to end right. for these people, but right. this is real right. life. So it's even better. Yeah. And, and you made, you made a good point there, Dr. Fowler. Now, I just had this thought and by no means in, in me saying this, am I saying that I'm like Dr. Gan said at all, like not at all what I'm trying to say here, but could you imagine if we had video content? Could you imagine if like Dr. Gan said was alive in today's time right now in his personality, he'd probably be completely against social media too. And understandably so. I mean, you saw that with like the Billy Graham story, for example. Right. But could you imagine though, if you had documentation and video of Gan said when he was a school at Palmer, you know, could you imagine if there were videos of him when he was in his first practice at the bank building, you know, whenever he built a second practice, building his clinic and like you got to see the behind the scenes of all of that. Could you imagine what that would be worth <laughs> today? Like absolutely insane. And so obviously I'm not at all Dr. Gonstead, but I think we still all have a valuable journey and even and a lot of doctors today, it would be so cool to see how their practice evolve over time, the things they learned, the experiences they went through. We've all had those insane patient cases that we had maybe five, 10 years ago that, w- that, that you know if there, was, if there was an article about it or photos taken during the experience or a video documentation showing it, that that could have potentially impacted thousands and thousands of people from hearing that story. So. Uh, just something to think about. It's something that I'm always thinking about and am always getting more and more excited about. I wish I had video when I started because when I tell people that in my first couple of years, I wasn't any good. I'm not saying that to be nice. I'm saying it to be honest. And I yeah. wish I had video to prove how bad I was, but I wouldn't, I couldn't watch it. I'd have to be like, just go watch this and you'll right. you're okay. You're on the right. Yes. <laughs> uh, I couldn't do it, but, um, yeah, I think that would be awesome. I think if we actually could see the process, the mental process he went through, because that's often one of the hard things in teaching people is that there is a trail we go down. And so it's not about really like you kind of know where the end point is, but you don't really need to know where the end point is. You need to know where the next step is. And if you could actually have a video documentation and see how Dr. Gonstead evolved through his practices and everything and how he made those next steps, or if any of us did, that would be a great thing. So we see the process. Exactly. Actually have that at some level would be awesome. Yeah. We touched on that too. Like we saw Dr. Gan said's like stabilization, for example, at this, you know, and we always see his chair stabilization or, you know, and you're like, how's he able to do, you know, we, we try to replicate that. And it's just like, well, you we don't realize that he is at such a master level. He's able to do things we're not able to do because he got so good at it. But yeah, that's a, that's a good point. You'd be able to see that lineage take forward over time. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of like a teaching tool too. It's kind of like, as I'm figuring, I'm kind of the way I'm also seeing it now, it's kind of like my experience is my journey as I'm going through life. But now 
I'm going to leave a trail of evidence for others to learn from. And hopefully if I can see in hindsight, like if there's something I did that maybe I learned from other people can potentially see that and learn from it. Uh, Cause the power of having videos in the past and, and it's, and it's fun. I think it'll be fun one day when I'm 30 years in practice to look back and see videos. You know, I, I think about my kids, my grandkids going back and one day seeing content. You know, it's some, it's always something to think about, even if you're an older doc in practice, like just to make videos for one day, your grandkids or great grandkids to one day see and be like, yeah, my great grandfather, great, great mother was a, a chiropractor. And look, here are these videos, like that stuff I think is going to live on for a very, 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 very long time. So it'll be so cool. Cause I wish that that would be something that I wish I could see for my family. And that's something that, um, uh, we don't think much about, but that like, you know, our grandchildren and great grandchildren will get to see what we were like, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. That is an excellent teaching tool. Well, thank you for joining me. I really appreciate it. And hopefully we've inspired people to, uh, to want to get involved in this media, but at the same time to do it right and to have some anticipation of what's involved if you're going to do it. Yeah. So not a shocker, but thank you again for joining me. Yeah, absolutely. This has been great. And if anyone has any questions whatsoever about anything or want to talk about, I know I kind of touched the service with some things, but feel free to, to get in touch with me. Uh, be glad to answer any questions or to talk about anything. Yeah, we talk about the technical side sometimes between what we do and how to do yeah. it easier and cheaper and faster and not exactly. lose your whole life to editing. <laughs> yes, there can be a lot to get into for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yep. All right. Well, thanks so much. Absolutely. Thank you, Dr. Fowler. I'd like to thank Stephen once again for joining me today. The world is changing right before our eyes and COVID has caused some of these changes to happen very rapidly. We don't all need to become walking television studios, but to some degree, we all have to decide to what extent and in what ways is this going to become a part of our practice life. If you'd like to check out Stephen's channel, you can find it on YouTube under his name, Stephen Gage. As Stephen reminded me, if your social media doesn't seem to be working, Question your application, but never question the principle. If you haven't done it yet, please subscribe to the podcast and leave us a review so the logarithms will recognize that this is valuable content and recommend it to more people. As always, I hope you have the very best week possible, and I'll see you again next time.